Well, hey, everybody, it's Sean here again with another quick little intro. We just want to say thanks again to everybody who wrote in with all your questions. We had a fantastic time answering these. And we want to also say again, thank you to everybody who tuned in and watched us on the live feed when we recorded this bad boy on YouTube. It really meant a lot. We had a blast. And I think going forward, we're probably going to live stream pretty much every episode going forward. So we will have a set day and time to do those. That way everybody knows. And you can all join us and watch live as we record. And of course, I'm here because I have a little note about this episode's audio. Now, as you know, Rob joined us as a very special guest to answer all your questions. We had a blast with Rob. We really hope that he's coming out of retirement. Who knows what the future will hold. But his audio levels were a little low, so you may notice everyone's audio might be slightly lower than usual. I tried to boost Rob's up and raise his levels to where it was a little louder, and then I dropped ours down a little quieter just to kind of keep everything very similar and very even with one another. So we hope you enjoy it. You may have to turn your volume up just a little louder than normal, but um, otherwise, strap in. It's about an hour and a half worth of uh, laughs and unexpected answers, and it was just a hell of a lot of fun. So without further ado, everybody, enjoy, and we'll catch you next time around. From the 37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Happy New Year, and welcome everybody to episode 262 of Pixelated Paranormal. I, of course, am Sean, and with me as always is Presto the Magnificent. How are you, buddy? What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crocacoons and crocodingos, you skeletors and skeletettes and witchers and witches, and, you know, the list fucking just grows and goes on. I'm doing pretty good. Hell yeah, man. Well, this, of course, is our first episode of 2023. We are doing a, another Q&A. It's been a couple years since we've done one of these. And again, we asked and you guys delivered. Oh boy, did you deliver. We got all sorts of good stuff. Mm. And a real wide range, man. Personal questions, paranormal questions, and everything in between. Some personal questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's so many questions, in fact, that on this episode... We couldn't do the heavy lifting alone, so we brought a very special guest to help us out. Why don't you reveal yourself? Three, two, one. What's up, guys? <gasps> Big Daddy Ooh, himself. Baby, it's Rob. <laughs> Man, Papa Paranormal, the OG, busted out of retirement. Rob, how have you been, man? It's been a ride, you know, uh, got married, moved, um... Dealing with a lot of personal drama right now. Mom's going downhill with some dementia stuff and, and health reasons. But, uh, you know, life goes on. So we do what we got to do. Yep, that's it, man. Well, you know we're cheering you on, buddy. And we love you and Deb and everybody. And uh, you're, you're doing a great job. We'll just we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, buddy, I'm glad you reached out. It's so awesome to have you on. Um, you kind of came in the 11th hour um, yesterday, or this morning. Was it this morning when you reached out? It was out? last night. I okay. think it was, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, it's awesome. I've been giddy all day. Yeah. I'm super excited to get the uh, the band back together, so to speak. Sean texted me. And uh, I'm thrilled. Late last night was like, well, uh, so question, how hard would it be for Rob to join us tomorrow night? And I'm like, does he have Discord? Yeah. Does he got a webcam? Yeah. Well, then, I mean, I guess it's as easy as uh, Hurt Me Plenty on Doom because, uh, you know, he's got everything he needs. And I was excited <laughs> since. Now, isn't Hurt Me Plenty the hard difficulty? Oh, no, I'm too young to die. Yeah, that's the easy mode. <laughs> I'm too young to die. You idiot. I know. Yeah. Some things never change. Nope. We're both still more. I'm more. I'm more of a bullet point guy. I'm more of a bullet point guy. How did this podcast make it this many years? 
Well, we got a lot of fun questions to ask and answer, and I'm thrilled just to hear, Rob, what your answers will be, buddy. But um, you guys want to do this like in a certain order? Should I just call it out and ask each of you at a time? Or what, what sounds good? Yeah, just roll with it, you know. Sweet. We can do that. I would, I'd say, start at well, the top and work our way down, and then, uh, you know what, you know, maybe let Rob go first, and then change the order up for the next question. You know, okay, a little round robin action. I got it. I got it. We can do that. Yeah. Some awesome. Rob action. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're right. I see what you did there. Um, first, real quick, Preston, I like what you did with the video. You like on that? <laughs> YouTube. That's pretty fun. That's fancy, buddy. Yeah. Like Man, er, look at you every go. show, I learn more and more OBS tricks, and we just keep on upgrading. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Mm. Hey, the Krampus is uh, is watching. What's up, buddy? Um, and as you guys are watching this, feel free to comment some questions, and we'll keep checking the chat uh, throughout the stream to answer any questions that come up. But first one's going to be an easy, guys. Um, is this going to be a icebreaker? Rob, what's the last movie you watched, oh, buddy? Oh, man, we... We don't watch a lot of movies around this house. Um, I, well, honestly, I think the last uh, movie we watched, uh, me and my wife watched uh, Christmas Story Christmas. Um, I think that was the last thing that we watched. Um, and uh, that was a rather enjoyable movie. It brought back some good feelings and some sadness. And, you know, as someone who's lost their dad, and Preston knows this as well, yeah. you know, uh, if he's watched that now, you know how those that kind of movie can, can really... Uh, really touch you um so i you know christmas is over so if you miss it this year you don't feel like watching a christmas movie then you can always watch it next year um but uh and yeah. honestly you know I'll, we watched a few yeah, christmas it's a movies solid movie this year, but uh yeah uh we watched uh, christmas vacation again too so we just kind of had a christmas movie day on actual christmas day um where we were kind of where Bobby's family was kind of snowed in with us for several hours until I got brave enough to drive the car out. <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah, you guys kind of got hit like we did here in Kansas. You guys got a yeah, fairly decent was, storm too, right? Like it was, it was, it wasn't too bad, but it was just enough to make the the hill outside our house because I live in a rural subdivision, and uh, so like the hill was just too icy for his bald tires to get up because he brought the wrong vehicle. But you know. Mm. And so, like, uh, yeah, I, I ended damn. up getting out with my Jeep um, and was able to get everybody home. But it took me several hours because of bad roads. And, you know, it was an hour and 15-minute ride on a normal day to get them, uh, hit her her uh, mom and uncle home. So <clears throat> it was a, it was kind of an interesting damn. Christmas. <laughs> the good and the bad, yeah. Well, Presto, what about you, buddy? What's the last film you watched? Well, first... Uh... The Krampus says, a global stranger says, what's up? So, yeah. Hell yeah. Give a little shout out to uh, Deborah, Scott, and Jeremy. So, man, my my voodoo is where I watch the, the majority of my movies. So I just, you know, either whether it's on my phone or the TV upstairs. Um, I have like 590 movies now on, uh, voodoo, not including like the, uh, you know, the, the collections. So some of them have like four or five movies in it and majority of them are movies I grew up watching with dad. So, uh, yesterday, in fact, uh, right before I went to bed, I decided to watch, uh, 48 hours with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. So that was the last movie that I watched. Shit, yeah, man. I bet it's cool to be able to share those movies with Blake and Addie as you guys are kind of going through the same kind of motions, huh? Oh, yeah, because uh, the uh, Blake likes all the Clint Eastwood movies that I grew up with watching with Dad and likes Beverly Hill Cops and uh, likes Lethal Weapons. So, I mean... Um, last, last weekend we, I had the kids, like we just sat around and watched Lethal Weapon and, um, which are good Christmas movies. So, and Die Hard, I will fucking fight anybody who says that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. So put them up. (laughs) Fair. Very fair. Well, I just finished watching a movie yesterday called Moonwalkers from 2015 and it stars Ron Perlman taking place in 1969. And he plays a CIA agent who's trying to track down Stanley Kubrick 
to help them fake the Apollo 11 moon landing because they're not sure if they're going to successfully land on the moon. And so he goes to England and somehow, I won't ruin it, but he gets intercepted by Rupert Grint, right? Ron Weasley, Harry Potter. And then also Robert Sheehan, that's Klaus from the Umbrella Academy. And they get in the middle of everything, causing all sorts of chaos. And it's one of my favorite conspiracy theory movies of all time. Um, I loved every second of it. It's gory. It's silly. It's topical. And I suggest if you have Prime, go on there and watch it right now. It's a fantastic watch. Well, up next, Cody asks, Since you boys are paranormally aligned and things that scare other people may not scare you guys, what's the scariest thing that you've ever experienced in your life? Presto. Take it away, buddy. Mm. I mean, now I, I'm kind of... Um... I'm kind of used to it, so, um, you know, sleep paralysis, um, anything like that when I was younger used to scare the shit out of me, and, uh, you know, the first couple times I went on a paranormal investigation and, like, felt like I got touched or, you know, heard something move in the other room, like, the heart got a thumping, mm -hmm. but uh, I really feel like the, the years that I've been doing it and, you know, experiencing it over and over and over again, I really become desensitized to all that so really for me to be nervous in the paranormal world now like i'm gonna have to be abducted by aliens or bigfoot's gonna have to like you know body slam my truck and <laughs> you know dent it in and be like oh holy shit i just shit myself but uh other than that uh man i can't really think of anything that uh really has me quaking in my boots rob what about you man what's the scariest oh, thing man. you can think so, of uh Talking about the sleep paralysis thing reminded me of a, a story that I had uh, happened to me was I was sleeping one night and uh, I woke up with something on my chest like it was just like on my chest I could feel it and it was taking a large knife and it reminded me of the tonberries from Final Fantasy and uh, mm -hmm, it drugged mm -hmm. the knife down the center of my chest and then it kind of when it when it seen me wake up it kind of jumped off the bed and walked like stepped backwards towards our closet my, or my closet I was living alone at the time and the best way I can describe it is to think of it like in the background was a green screen and you had like something superimposed over it but it was almost like it reached down and zipped up like a tent flap around itself like it just zipped up reality around itself. And I was like, mm -hmm. I woke up thinking, oh, that's weird. And then I looked down at my chest and I had a cut right down the center of my chest. Uh, like a, a pretty deep cut that was bleeding. And uh, I don't have wow. fingernails. I Well, I, I have fingernails now, but back then I definitely didn't have fingernails. I chewed all my fingernails down to the nubs and... Uh, so yeah, that was really a freaky yeah. situation. <laughs> so God, I remember you telling me that story back on the old uh, pre-pixelated paranormal days back on Xbox, and it still, man, just gives me chills. You told it again on an episode of the show, and it just doesn't get any easier to listen to. It's just so fucking weird. It reminds me of the one that you told us uh, when you got up in the middle of the night and had to go take a leak, and you were like in the bathroom with your Johnson hanging out, and you felt like somebody was watching you. And you said, like, you turned around, there was, like, a fucking goblin or something, like, up against the wall, and then it, like, unzipped reality and, like, went through and then zipped itself back up. And you're like, all right, I guess it's time <laughs> to shake my dick off and go back to bed. Yeah. Must must be time to hit the old dusty trail. <laughs> Wait, that happened to you, Sean? Yeah, that's a story I'll share again another time because there's a lot more to it, and it, it may deserve an episode all itself. Um, so basically, once, you both may have ran into goblins that did the same thing. That's even creepier to think about. Yeah. It is weird because this would have predated um, either of you guys. Well, it didn't predate Preston because back then he was kind of like my uh, my mentor at the time. So we had just barely become voices over telephones, but... Um, man, I got to jump on and say the old sleep paralysis as well, because that's freaky shit when you're laying there just frozen, unable to respond to anything going on. And I think there was a time in our old rental house before we moved to Wichita. And I remember Shayla had just left for like a work trip. And so she left pretty early in the morning. 
And it was just me and our cat, Samson. And I had woke up because I heard what I thought was somebody unlocking and coming in the front door, shutting the door, and then locking the deadbolt. And then I kind of rolled over with my back to our bedroom door and then again froze. And then I heard footsteps across the floor and I heard the bedroom door open and shut and then heard something walking around, you know, the parameter of the bed. And then, of course, you're frozen. I'm frozen laying there on my side, pointing my face at the wall. And I finally, out of my periphery, see like this fuzzy, like shadowy TV static figure walk up in front of the bed. And um, I don't know where it's at now. It's probably in our bedroom. But uh, historically, I've had a sword in the bedroom that I got at a uh, flea market. And I remember this thing like bent down and picked up the sword and pulled it like halfway. It's just like a little like wooden staff that has a sword inside of it. Pulled the sword out, kind of looked at the blade, looked at me, looked back and put it back in the sheath, laid it back where it was. And then it slowly walks all the way around back behind me. And the whole time I'm just thinking like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. This is where I die. I'm going to die. I'm, I'm, this is it. And then I feel the weight of something lay behind me in Shayla's place and it puts his arm around me. And then I passed out. Mm. It wanted to spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, shadow people need love too. That, I mean, yeah, sleep paralysis has to be a number one for sure. Well, Isaac has a curveball here for us, guys. Who is better in bed? Sean, Preston, uh, I wasn't included in this, so we're just going to leave me out of this one. <laughs> Yeah, you were. I added you. I don't see it here. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I added that. Ad lib, folks. Isaac, I will uh, I'll go out on a limb here, Isaac, and say if it involves you, uh, Rob and I seem to be the more caring and nurturing side of the three of us. So I would like to think that if it was in a situation of me and Rob making sweet, sweet Isaac love to you, that we would nurture to your needs and take care of you in a way beyond all, you know, imagination. Why Sean only cares about himself. So I would uh, rate Sean at the very bottom of that and uh, put me and Rob up top there, Isaac, because we're all about you, buddy. Yep, that's where we belong, on top. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I love how Rob was not included in this, and he's, you know, been welcomed with open arms by us. Second of all, I was really wanting to see who's going to reply first, because my response is going to be, well, Isaac, it's been a long time since we competed, but I'd say with my insomnia, I would definitely be an underdog. <laughs> and then I was going to turn the question around and say, so guys, are you stomach sleepers, side sleepers, or back sleepers? But Preston, you took it all the way, buddy. <laughs> okay, moving on. John sent us a triple threat here. Number one, what is your favorite guilty pleasure song? And I'll go first, because I think when it comes to music, Guilty pleasure is a funny question. Um, I don't really believe in guilty pleasures anymore. I think it's like what you like, especially when it comes to music. So I will throw my first in. I fucking absolutely love Raining Men by the Weather Girls. That also deserves honorable mention from Work It by Missy Elliott, Tragedy by the Bee Gees, The Race Is On by Sawyer Brown, and I'll Be Damned If I Don't Roll the Windows Down and Sing As Loud As I Can Anytime Wannabe by the Spice Girls comes on. Rob, what do you got, buddy? Uh, well, Sean, me and you have a history with one song that's a guilty pleasure of mine, and that's Lisa Loeb's Stay. Oh. Um, <laughs> yes, it is, and, and I can't uh, believe I didn't put that on there. I will sing that song anytime that it comes on the radio, which I don't listen to a whole lot of music to begin with. But uh, mm-hmm. I, also, I also love me some uh, Call Me Maybe. And, um, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Vanessa Carlton song, 500, uh, 500 Miles. Also, The Proclaimers, I would love 500 Miles. Ah, yeah, another good one. Hell yeah, man. There is nothing wrong with any of those songs. It's called pop music for a reason, folks. It's catchy. A thousand miles. The Vanessa Carlton song's a thousand miles, isn't it? Eh, I mean, it's all about walking, well, you know. It's a, it's a lot of miles, either way. <laughs> Very true. So my guilty pleasure song, I I have two. Uh, One of them is Rasputin by Boney M. I mean, that's just fucking catchy as shit. Like, it reminds me of, like, ABBA. 
and uh, I, I just dig that song. And then the other one would be Flashlight by Parliament. Um, you can't that's a you good can't one. Go wrong with Flashlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most most freaking like definitely. 70s yeah. funk, dude, all day long. Yeah, yeah I, I, I need to apologize that. because there is some thunder going on in the background, and I don't. It looks like the audio may be picking it up, but I don't know. <laughs> that's all right, buddy. That's the joy of live TV. I learned to start wearing pants when we do live streams, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha. Um, also, real quick, shout out to my brother who's watching. I saw him drop in the chat there. Hey, hey, hey. Um, second question, follow-up from John. What musical artist do you love that people might be surprised by? So right now, I am currently binging Run the Jewels' fourth album, Quattro. Um, I recently discovered Danger Mouse and Black Thought's Cheat Codes. Um, I've really been enjoying Going Under, which is the video game soundtrack by Agro Crag. And again, A Hill I Will Die On. I absolutely love the first four tracks on Taylor Swift's new album, Midnights. Sean's a Swifty. Mm-hmm. Old T-Swizzle. Rob, what about you, buddy? Buddy, this is a hard question for me because... It's a, it's a growing concern with certain members of our group that I don't really <laughs> listen to music. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I listen to podcasts, so I love me some Jeff Gershman and um, uh, some Next Lander and uh, not so much Giant Bomb anymore because uh, that Aww. podcast has gone to shit since they fired Jeff Gershman. So fuck those guys. Sorry, can we say that? <laughs> Um, Sad trombone. Yeah, hey, you can say whatever you want. That's what grows your listenership even more is beef with other podcasts who are ten times the size mm-hmm. of you. <laughs> okay, Rob, is there any kind of like, just I don't know. Again, I hate to use the word guilty pleasure, but is there just some off the wall podcast you listen to that nobody would ever expect from you? Um. Oh my goodness. So I love to listen to some uh, Media Roots Radio which is uh, Abby Martin, which she's not really, like, it's not a big podcast, but they talk a lot about politics, and they talk shit on, like, all kinds of politics. Like, they're not, like, liberal or Republican. You know, Mm -hmm. they just tell it like it is, and they'll go after both sides. Um, And uh, they just did a pretty good uh, podcast on uh, Elon Musk and his takeover of Twitter and Kanye West and how all that shit went down with the... Uh, the Jewish uh, Kanye West crap, um, yeah, and uh, you know that was <clears throat> that was uh, that was an interesting uh, podcast list too. So if you're into that kind of stuff and you and you're like, oh, I, I hate both sides of politics, uh, maybe one <laughs> a little bit less than the other, but still you hate both sides, which you should you ought to because none of them is there for mm-hmm. you. Um, right? Yeah. Uh, listen to Media Roots Radio, and uh, I think that actually it's funny because. I just seen that I don't watch, don't listen to all their episodes and stuff like that. Um, but it, I know there's like it's Abby Martin and her brother Robbie Martin, and Robbie sometimes oh, right does um, not that Rob, not that Robbie, <laughs> not that. Um, but uh, but like he does his own like pod, he does like ninety percent of the podcast by himself, and she's only there for like a little bit of time. But I think the last episode that he just uploaded was about Bigfoot, which I didn't listen to. But I was like, well, that's a a weird one to pop up, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've had Bigfoot drop in the news, especially in the politics, for the last couple years. I forget the guy's name, but there was a Republican running over on the East Coast. They got in a lot of heat for writing the Bigfoot erotica, which he claimed was just a joke. And then his personal tweets came to light with him having, like, a two-foot-long dick. Um, So that's fun. Uh, you had the murder that just took place in Oklahoma over the guy that supposedly killed his friend after he tried to summon Bigfoot to murder his friend. Um, and, I mean, countless others. Washington State's been trying to make Bigfoot their national cryptid and make that legally official to sell merchandise. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's there. He's there in the politics. Oh, and an honorable mention uh, as well is. I found on Spotify that they had a playlist of old Art Bell episodes. And so I was just curious and oh. listened to like a uh, an episode that's 25 years old. Like it came out in 1997. And it was oh, so... Oh, tell me about that. Yeah, it was so weird because like as much as things change, some things just never do because they were talking about global... They were talking about climate change. But it was like at the time, it was like, 
oh, everybody knew that climate change is a real thing and that everybody should be worried about it, but the politics of it hadn't really gotten uh, hadn't really gotten going. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and so you know, and you know, eventually, the, the what changed it honestly is if Al Gore had never made that documentary about climate change, I don't think we would mm-hmm. have to divide on climate change like we did. But but since it was a Democrat vice president uh, who made this documentary, just seemed to irritate everybody, you know. And I think that's right. I think that's where the divide on that stuff. But you know, I listened to stories about um, a guy talking about his friend had taken a picture of a plane that flew by so fast he didn't even know he had the picture of anything. And like when he described it, it sounds like a lot of these jets that we've had experimental plane uh, had for years. And I'm like, oh man, that's kind of interesting because you know this is a 25 year old podcast and this is stuff that got kind of got declassified that they were working on, you know, 15, 16 years later. And like these pictures that were being taken and and stuff, it sounds like the same thing. So it was just kind of it was kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, Art Bell's Vault is it was just it was just it's really interesting to go back and listen to these old podcasts because I uh, I've listened to them for years. Back, back then, so it's like taking me 25 years back, because I'm 45 now, so I, this is what I was listening to when I was 20, you know, back when it, there weren't podcasts, this was all yeah. on the radio, and it was just very interesting. This was like, you're on a road trip, it's 2 in the morning, and all you can get is like backwoods AM radio signals, and then you just hear somebody come on and be like, well, tell me what kind of alien you saw in your kitchen when you woke up, Mrs. Peterson. Describe what it looked like. And then you're just like 10 years old going, yay! <laughs> yeah, and what's really old cool Art about Bell. Art Bell as well, uh, I know he had some trouble later on. He, there was some weird weird stuff that happened with him after his, his first wife died. Uh, he married mm-hmm. like an 18-year-old girl or something like that. Some real creepy stuff for like a 60-year-old man. <laughs> and uh, but right. you know, but if you listen to him on the radio, it, it's very interesting because he was a consummate professional, and like he, you could tell that he didn't believe half the shit that was people were saying, which you shouldn't believe. But the fact that he just kind of like went with it and let them tell their stories as long as it didn't mm-hmm. get boring or crude, and you know, he would let them just go, and you know, right, so. right, man, old Art Bell, the guy who inspired all of us to take on paranormal podcasting. Mm-hmm. And Preston, I, uh, I'm i sorry, you answered this yet or no? No. Okay, go for no. it. Sorry. <laughs> I got a chub by talking I, about uh, Art Bell and just glazed over. I know. Which, uh, man, Coast to Coast AM is really hard to listen to now that Art Bell, like George Norrie does a good job. I'm not going to say that I don't listen to it when I can, but there was something about Art Bell, the way that he interviewed, the sound of his voice, like, that guy is a fucking classic, and uh, that, that's something every generation should be forced to listen to at least once so they get mm-hmm. to experience that. So it's like the original Unsolved Mysteries. Like, you got to at least go watch it once. So, But no doubt. I, am, uh, I, I get on kicks where I will listen to a band, and I, I will listen to them, like, months on end, and last month, um, I was still on the Cage the Elephant kick, and so I was just oh, yeah. listening Cage the Elephant nonstop on the way to work. And uh, this month, it's uh, moved on to Queens of the Stone Age, um, so I'm like just hitting that pretty hard and just going through all their albums and then rocking out to, to that. And uh, the Krampus says uh, Elon's controlled opposition for sure, and uh, he said, Rob... <laughs> I'll check out that uh, show. Thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, I bet Scott would really dig that, man. That seems right up his alley for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, Presto, what uh, what music or people surprise you listen to other than those? Anything special you're going to you know, blow me away by? A little Matchbox 20, a little Dave Matthews band maybe? Uh, no to Matchbox 20 and, uh, no to, uh, Dave Matthews band. I know that that's, that's your thing. Um, ABBA, I grew up uh, oh, with no uh, dad. Yeah. Dad, one of dad's favorite band was ABBA and, uh, CCR. So, uh, my love of rock and roll Creedence Clearwater revival should not be a shock to anybody, but ABBA, uh, Jason and mine's guilty pleasure is in fact ABBA. I I can get down to some Dancing Queen, <laughs> dude, for sure. 
for yeah. sure. Interestingly enough, on a lot of those old Art Bell episodes, uh, when he comes back from a break, they'll be playing Dancing Queen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I had a little like thing <laughs> pop in my head of Coast to Coast, and I'm like, why am I thinking of that with ABBA? You're absolutely right. Fantastic. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with some ABBA, dude, at all. Yeah, Rob, and Neil Diamond. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Hey, that's all right, dude. Neil Diamond's great, and uh, I love me <laughs> some just 80s and 90s country in, you know, in general. I saw you grabbing for a visual aid, Rob. What book are you reading right now, pal? Let's move on to uh, John's third question. Well, I have finished this one, but I've waited years for another one. But uh, Dragons of the Seat, the latest Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman Dragonlance novel. There hasn't been a Dragonlance novel in uh, probably around Shit, 10 yeah. years or more. Um, and uh, this is the only uh, author, Margaret Weiss is the only author or like famous person that I've ever been in front of at her booth at Gen Con and couldn't even talk to her because I was just so, <laughs> like, like shocked to be, like, it's so weird to think that this woman is a New York Times bestseller and she's at her own booth hawking mm-hmm. her own books at the time. And it's just so weird. And I'm just like, <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> say nothing. I just like, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I've met, I've met Matt Smith from Doctor Who and, and, <laughs> you know, and everything else. I'm just like, but Margaret Weiss, I couldn't, yeah. like, uh. Uh, I couldn't uh, say a word in front of her, but like that, I have every Dragonlance novel that has been published um, for the series, um, and they're all over here on the shelf, which you can't see here. I'd have to move the whole camera, but uh, and also I've been reading through the new uh, Dungeons and Dragons adventure for Dragonlance. That finally they released one. Uh, 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 God, what is the name of that? Uh, something of the Shadow Queen or. Dragon Queen. I don't remember now. Shadow of the Shadow of the Shadow Dragon of the Queen, Dancing Queen. I think is what it's called. Yeah, Shadow of the Dancing <laughs> yeah. Queen. Takesis is really me. Nobody gets that reference. <laughs> I'm sure Somebody they do. I'm sure they do. Reference. Hell yeah, man. She'll burn you and me. Dragon it's not copyright, Queen. folks. If we're singing it, barbershop quartet style. Yeah, I don't want to get another show taken down because I uh, may have sampled the Weather Girls. (laughs) Well, Presto, what are you reading right now, buddy? You got anything that you've been uh, perusing through? When I'm at work or just like on the way to work, I like Mm -hmm. to listen to audiobooks. And I'm a huge like alternative history uh, nut when it comes to like books. So um, like historical events, but they're kind of like rewritten um, there's one that's called Into Darkness by Harry Turtle Dub that basically takes the events of World War II but rewrites them into uh, Dungeons and Dragons. So, like, people, instead of tanks, they're riding, like, leviathans out of the sea. And instead of, like, you know, shotguns and AK-47s, they have, like, wizard staffs that shoot out lightning bolts. There's one by Wilbur Smith that takes place in ancient Egypt, and I'm on that uh, trilogy right now. So I just finished up Warlock, and I'm currently going through oh, the quest. Okay, man. Now, do you prefer to do audio over reading, or do you kind of mix it around a little, a little bit of A, a little bit of B? A little bit of A, a little bit of B. Um, you know, I have a whole collection of like Star Wars and Stephen King hardbacks. I prefer hardbacks. Mm-hmm. I hate uh, paperbacks. I, I love the feel of a good hardback in my hand. Um, I love the way that smell smell of books. Um, Books just have this particular smell that uh, I love going into like a used bookstore and the way Uh that like the bookstore smells like or a library like they just have that smell to it. Um, So it kind of depends, but sometimes for convenience, uh, I'll do audio. Yeah, Stephen, big Stephen, our dearly beloved, you know, third host. um, He taught me the trick of listening to audio books on two times speed as opposed to single because I'm not saying I'm like above a fifth grade reading level, but I really hate listening to other people read to me, um, which is weird because I love podcasts, but I used to not be able to get more than like an hour into an audio book before I got frustrated. And Steven's like, fuck it. Just, you know, hit two times speed. And now I can just get through them 110 times better because I don't got to listen to someone just fucking going so slow like Ferris Bueller's day off. Like I can't. I, although I have a problem, I can't listen to audiobooks at twice the speed. 
because it gives me anxiety because I feel like if I can't keep up my like it takes a long time sometimes for me to like my mm-hmm. brain to process stuff. Um, so, <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, if it goes too fast, <laughs> right, like, right? Like, yeah, that's true, man. I, um, there's are some stories I can do standard speed. I just listened to, uh, Stephen King's short story, 1922. And I did that on standard, uh, this, whatever the generic speed was and got through it pretty easily. But if somebody has a decent speed and a good cadence, I can normally stomach it, but I'm gonna be honest. That Dragonlance novel, I didn't actually read it. I oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say I didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I bought the book yes. because I have yes, every absolutely. other novel. But yeah, I just ha- I have a problem reading anymore. I have to have I have to be doing mm-hmm. something while I'm listening to something. I mean, just, that's gonna be a whole different episode altogether about just adult onset ADD or onset adult ADD, which is wild and just a yeah, a whole other fucking talk show but um john right now i am about three quarters of the way through adam cesari's clown in a cornfield part two and then my brother-in-law just got me a copy of kevin nealon um that's the saturday night live actor um i exaggerate my brushes with fame where he tells stories about all the celebrities he's met over the course of his career at snl and then he paints characters of them as well. So he's got their portrait and then, of course, the story accompanying their portrait, which is pretty rad. And then I've got about, and John knows this, I've got about 40 or more um, paperback movie novelizations i got to start getting into as well, which kind of goes back to what you were saying, Presto, about just the smell of a book. I've got a copy of Jaws from, like, the late 70s, and the cover is falling apart in places. And the first thing I do when I get any of these from eBay or, you know, from a library or wherever, um, I open them up. I do a quick flip to make sure there's no mold. And then I just huff those things, man, because I like the smell of a nice, you know, book. Good mm-hmm. smell. Well, shifting gears here, Tim asks the hard-hitting question. In your professional opinion, boys, who's hotter in their prime? John Stamos or Ryan Reynolds? Preston, why don't you? I answered. <laughs> I answered this online, and uh, I got sh- I got shot down. Um, Tim, my my reasoning behind why I think Ryan Reynolds is hotter in his prime is John Stamos has never rocked a beard, oh. and um, there's just something about uh, when a guy gets older. And just fucking has like facial hair and rocks that man mame that you're just like, dude, this guy's <laughs> got pizzazz. This guy's suave. Um, and Ryan Reynolds has the beard, dude. And uh, John Stamos, despite the fact that, you know, he wooed you with his song, he never once grew facial hair uh, just like Ryan Reynolds did. So. Hey, that's, that's, solid, that's my answer. Solid answer, man. Rob, what about you, man? Way in here. Uh, I gotta go with Stamos on this one, man. John Stamos. Uh, you can't you can't bag a hot babe like Aunt Becky, um, even sure. in your later years, <laughs> unless you know you rocked it in your younger years too. And uh, you know, uh, you know, so many uh, collect call ads on TV that he did for one eight hundred collect or yeah. um, call ATT. I don't remember which one he did, but uh, and he has that 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 perm hair, man. I don't know. Like, whew, in the 70s, I bet he was, uh, wait, 70, yeah, something like, I don't care, I don't, know, I don't know how old he is, but I gotta give it to him over Ryan Reynolds, who, uh, looks like he's, uh, you know, uh, too skinny, man, too, too lean, huh? I don't know, too okay, angular Okay, there face. you go, there you go. Uh, it's a tough question, number one, Tim, Tim, but, at first, he's not really your friend, Sean. What's that? He, that never <laughs> happened. Never happened. <laughs> right, it was a right. Dream. Just remember that it's never <laughs> happened. At first, I'm inclined to go John Stamos because nobody is a bigger badass than John Stamos riding his motorcycle across the edge of like a skyscraper or wherever the heck that was, only to then get off of his oncoming doom by listening to a montage of Michelle laughing and giggling and all his kids. He also wrote a killer song called Michelle Smiling. But, my friend, but I did have that ill-fated dream where I won a contest and Ryan Reynolds was my best friend for a day, only to then move to El Dorado 
and then hang out with all of us riding jet skis and boats at the lake, only to be woken up to be sadly, sadly mistaken that he was not really my best friend. But even though he broke my heart, I got to say, I got to go team Ryan Reynolds here. I mean, sometimes you're just wrong. This is why I quit the podcast. <laughs> Two against one. <laughs> now, the next question that Tim Tim wrote in is, when will there be a new release of Hot Boy Summer? Well, I don't know what that is specifically other than just, you know, body positivity and just super hot dudes running around, just not giving a fuck. So my answer to you is this, Tim. Back in May of 2021, there was a Hot Boy Summer, and it involved me and Preston, Stephen in the background trying not to laugh or throw up, and then Isaac behind a camera taking pictures for Preston and I on a couple dude war photo series. So, Tim, um, you need to check your inbox because I shot you a couple of those um, just real scandalous photos so, you know, you'd never forget about hashtag Hot Boy Summer 2021. Hashtag pixelated paranormal. <laughs> good, good. I mean, I didn't think anybody would ever want to know what it looks like for me to take a bath and stout. But, Tim, <laughs> you now know indeed what it looks like when I bathe myself. You better fucking believe it. Sexually, I might add. Like, <laughs> Rob, we don't have to send you these. Fo- Maybe he's born with it. Maybe, Maybe it's Buffalo Maybe sweat. Maybe it's Tony Ross. Um, Rob, did you ever see those photos? Yeah. Uh, yes, you saw okay, them Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I don't want to leave you them. out here, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I've seen more of you in a cow skull than I ever wanted to see. I've been in a cow skull more than I ever thought I'd be. <laughs> Fair to say. Well, we have an incoming question here. Shayla has interjected here. If you were a guest on Fear Factor, guys, what stunt or challenge would make you simply walk away? All of them. <laughs> I am scared of everything. I can't even. I can't do heights. Okay. I can't do eat gross stuff. Damn. Like there's there's just no way I would do anything in that. Nothing show. at all. Rob would just walk away. I'm one step closer to victory, then, buddy. Preston, what about you? What one stunt makes you just say "fuck it"? I gotta leave. Um, so I'm I'm uh, I'm definitely afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. And when uh, you, Eric, and my buddy Tim um, and I did Tough Mudder, we had to climb up, you know, 30, 40 feet up into the air after getting the shit kicked out of us, and we had to walk the plank um, in this very thin piece of board and just drop mm-hmm. to our dooms um, into a, a body of water that was ice cold that sucked the life out of you that I almost drowned in because I just you know didn't want want to want to paddle. So as much as I'm afraid of heights, anything that they throw at me that way, I, I could suck it up and get over it. Okay. Um, I I don't like eating creepy crawly things, but I could I could suffer through it. However, if you shoved me in a glass coffin and poured fucking hairy tarantulas all over me and I had to sit there <laughs> with those monstrous motherfuckers crawling over uh-huh. my face and just, I couldn't do that. I would just scream like a girl, get the fuck out and be like, I lose, I'm done. <laughs> I just, Sean's the winner. Nope, not doing it. Ugh. Man, I I would be all about trying the, the nasty food. Like the one that always made me kind of get sick to the stomach is the bull penises where they have to, like, eat a bull penis or, like, a bull testicle. But I also love mountain oysters. So, I mean, if you could just deep fry them real quick, uh, Joe Rogan, I'd probably be okay with it. But um, I think I'd trudge through any of them to win some sweet, sweet money. But I think when you're in that stupid glass coffin with, like, cockroaches, I think that's what would do me in. I'd get through it, but I'd be mad. The cockroaches, not the spiders? I think I could do the spiders, mind over matter, but I hate fucking cockroaches and bed bugs. So if you put me in a coffin full of cockroaches mm-hmm. or bed bugs, I'd get out and straight just punch Joe Rogan right in the fucking chin. <laughs> did you guys ever mm. remember the old uh, fake reality show they did like a season of called Joe Schmo? I remember Joe Schmo, yeah. Mm-mm. So do you remember like halfway through that season, like they did a challenge where they had to eat gross mm-hmm. things and like, they brought out all these fake bugs and stuff, but they were like just like candied and stuff. But when they brought out for him, it, like everybody done this challenge, they all won like these big screen TVs, mm-hmm. and he was the only guy that didn't know it was a joke. Yeah. So 
and they brought out for him, he had to eat a dog turd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and everybody's like, go ahead and eat it. Now, it wasn't really a dog turd. <laughs> it was like, they said that they cooked something that just smelled gross, but it was actually edible. It wouldn't made you, it would probably made you sick because of the smell, but it wouldn't actually made you sick. But like, he almost left the show because of that. They had to, like, they, you know, it's okay, man. You don't have, they finally had to, somebody had to, like, all the other guests were like, come on, man, you don't have to, you don't have to eat that. You know, we, we don't, we don't want these TVs that bad because he was going to quit the show. <laughs> right. Like, if he quits, he's the only one that's not in on the joke. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was such a cool idea. And, like, they put that guy through hell. Like, <laughs> yeah, they really did. And, like, what was the outcome? Like, there was no real money, or did he really win money in the end? He got, I think he got money. If, I think he actually did get okay. money. And, like, but he was shocked when he found out that, you know, everybody there was fake. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That was a very interesting show. And I remember um, thinking, like, they just fucked this guy over whenever they came out and said, like, actually, there's no actual prize. There's no money. And I couldn't remember how it ended after that. But, yeah, I love Joe Schmo, man. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Well, Corn Dog, our good old buddy Corey, had to ask, what? One paranormal thing or experience would you want to be proven real the most? What's the one thing we've talked about or you've heard about that you just, you want them to prove? I mean, dead to rights, that really happened. Bigfoot. All right, cool. <laughs> Enough said. What about, what about aliens, Rob? What is it about aliens that really just makes you want to come true? It's not that I want it to come true, but I just, I want to know, like, I want to know uh, what it is, if it's mm-hmm. real, because, you know, there's a lot of shit out there nowadays that's definitely not real, and, you know, we'll get to that, if we get to that question, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, there's just, um, sorry, my back itches, uh, <laughs> but, like, I just, just I, I want to know, I'm, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's stuff out there, have they visited us? You know, did they actually build the pyramid? You know, I want to know the answer if they're they're real, mm-hmm. you know, and what they've done and where they've been and, and how they've interacted with us over the over generations. Yep. Yeah, I'd want to know, like, did y'all build the pyramids? <laughs> you know? Hell yeah. Um, Presto, what about you, buddy? Bigfoot. I think for me, like, out of all the cryptids, like, especially American folklore, that's the one thing that stands out for us the most. And it, it's so culture, culturally significant to us. Um, you know, one of the first episodes of Unsolved Mysteries that I watched with Dad had to do with a girl that was home alone in her house in the woods. And Bigfoot was, you know, fucking knocking on the door, trying to, like, bang in. And, you know, Dad blew up Bigfoot in Vietnam, but we don't have any physical proof mm-hmm. of it. There's all these eyewitness accounts, like my uh, buddy at Lodge that grew up in Arkansas almost got exploded by, you know, a pine spear from a wood booger. But there's no physical evidence, no physical proof. And that is, like, man, that's, like, my favorite cryptid. I just want to know that he's real. Like, maybe I want to go and give him, a you know, a hug, like, I want my own personal Chewbacca. Yeah, no doubt, man. And I mean, again, R.I.P. Big John Wiener, but your dad had firsthand experience, you know, with the uh, the yeah. rock apes and all that kind of stuff. So you've got a personal connection, man. A vendetta to settle, dare I say. Yeah. Bigfoot, if you're listening, I promise not to blow you up like dad did in Vietnam. Um, I just want to be your friend. <laughs> I'll hit you with a truck like Harry and the Hendersons, but I'll take yep. good care of you after that. You know, out there, there's a Donkey Kong Jr. trying to hunt you down. <laughs> right, <time>. right. Well, <laughs> Corey, back on September 12, 1952, Braxton County, West Virginia, some kids were out playing football, and they happened to see a giant flaming ball go through the air, right? And it crashes in the woods, and so they run home and tell their mom and get a couple high school boys to go with them and a dog, and they bum rush these woods only to be met a few seconds later by a seven to ten foot tall creature, dark body shrouded in a cloak of heavy folded black or green metallic fabric, long long gangly arms, and a face hidden inside a spade-shaped hood with a noxious fume coming out from underneath it, glowing in ethereal light. My friend, I'm talking about the Flatwoods Monster, and that's what I want to know. 
I want to know, was a Flatwoods monster encounter real? Sean, you read that like you're reading a Chuck Tingle novel. I mean, you got me to chub up. I'm just saying. I didn't talk about the hardware. <laughs> in a long pulsing. I mean, I was, accept- I was expecting to say it got fucked in the butt by its own butt. You know, but... <laughs> Chuck Tingle. Old Chuck Tingle. No, I want to know what really happened with the Flatwoods monster encounter in West Virginia. That's the one thing I just really wish I could know. Um, one of my favorite Cryptid Encounters episodes, one of my favorite, you know, paranormal stories. I got to know. Did it happen or didn't it? All right, there we go. That's the first half of our 2023 holiday Q&A. And you won't have to wait very long for part two. I'll be dropping the second half, the exciting conclusion, this weekend. So look forward to seeing that pop up into your feeds on Saturday. As for now, if you're on the social medias, please follow us on the old Instagram at PXL Paranormal. If you're on Facebook, give us a follow. We are The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Also, please look for us on the YouTube channel, The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, where you can see the entire Q&A episode in its entirety. That's right, folks. It is all in one video near an hour and 45 minutes long. So if you can't wait until this weekend, you can see the whole thing unedited, uncut, and unsupervised on YouTube. And as always, if you have a beard, if you know a beard, if you want to grow a beard, please check out our good friend Alan over at BigDobsBeardBalm.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your entire order. If you're in the Wichita area, stop by and see our dear friend Leslie and the rest of her gang over at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. And once again, we just want to say thanks to Rob for blowing the dust off the microphone and coming to join us on the holiday Q&A. We really appreciate it, buddy. It was so good to have you back. And until next time, folks, cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And on behalf of Preston, stay spooky and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown, tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.